Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Dayton, Ohio, it's time for Dayton Business Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Dayton Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today, we have Dr. Pamela Ellis with us, and she is with Compass Education Strategies. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Lee. I'm excited to speak with you today. Well, before we get too far into things, do you mind telling us a little bit about Compass Education Strategies? How are you serving folks? Sure. Um, I will say the short of it, which is that um, we help teens find a college that feels like home and partner with parents to avoid overpaying. And part of that includes working not only with families, but working with schools as well as corporations. So now how to, let's uh, talk about each one of those. How would you work with a corporation? That seems right. a little counterintuitive. Is this a benefit offered to their employees? Absolutely, it is. And so it's working with those companies who value um, their employees who are parents. And we're offering employee benefits, uh, educational services as an employee benefit to those companies. And so that's our role there. And it can include a number of ways that we're working with the parents on their behalf. And primarily now, of course, it's through virtual courses um, that we offer and other coaching services for employees. But ultimately, you're going to get down to the parent and the child, right? That's where the work begins? Yes, it is definitely so. And, you know, interestingly enough, you know, for many parents, especially in this environment now where they are actually homeschooling and trying to support their teens, there are so many different changes that are going on. For them and changes not only at the school level, but certainly how they're planning ahead uh, for their kids in terms of college and helping them to reach their dreams of eventually going away to college. And so we're supporting parents with the tools and resources for how to do that. Now, have colleges changed their kind of standards and the way that they now enroll a new student? that's coming out of high school because of the pandemic and, and because of how the last year for these uh, kids have been? Well, uh, in some ways uh, they are. And one of those ways is in terms of, for example, testing requirements. So for a number of colleges, because of the changes within the testing landscape where ACT and SAT have canceled their uh, recent uh, testing dates, a number of colleges have now agreed to eliminate the need for any testing. And so that's uh, true, like, for example, uh, Case Western University, a great university here in Ohio, they are uh, removing the requirement to submit ACT or SAT test scores for students in the class of 2021. And so for those juniors who are applying in the fall, they do not have to admit those, submit those scores. Now for students who are enrolling 
in the upcoming months, let's say they have committed uh, to a college uh, for the fall, then colleges, you know, all have certain, um, there, there are going to be some differences in terms of how their curriculum will be delivered. So that's a big change that's coming up, whereas some students will be allowed to return to campus and maybe they'll only be on campus for one or two semesters as opposed to the full year. They will have a combination of remote as well as in-person coursework and things will just look different uh, in many cases. And for some colleges, they're not having roommates, which is, you know, a really big part of the whole freshman year experience, having a roommate. Um, Colleges won't have, students won't have roommates when they're in college. They'll just be single rooms only because of the recent pandemic. But um, you're finding that most of the colleges are going to have students on campus to some degree. Uh, I wouldn't say all. I would still say it's probably around 50-50 because so much of it, Lee, is going to be dictated by the policies of their states. And so whatever the state guidelines are, and sure, they can say for now, that yes, they do plan for, you know, perhaps half of the student body to be on campus in the fall, uh, but uh, it's not, you know, confirmed just yet that that will be the case. And so many of them are planning for contingencies. Now, um, for the kids that are in high school, I would imagine that's where you spend a lot of your time, right? Working with uh, the students that are in high school. How are you kind of coaching them about like extracurricular and some of these, um, you know, non-test, non-grade related activities that are so important in getting into colleges nowadays? What I am sharing with students is to still engage in those activities virtually. And so like a number of students will participate in some type of volunteerism or community service, for example, where there are hundreds of thousands of opportunities to volunteer online now. And I will usually, you know, talk with them about, you know, just kind of looking at some of those opportunities where they can still be engaged, still be involved, even though they're doing it from home. If a student, for example, is interested in participating in a summer program, there are summer programs that are, you know, still being done virtually where they have an online community of other peers. They're still delivering some really good content in the way of if it's something pre-professional or something academic. And so they can still get those social interactions as well as the accountability Uh, in a summer program doing it virtually. And so I'm not telling students to just forget it and throw it out the window at all, but to be creative and look at ways that they can still participate and do it virtually. Now, in your business, were you primarily doing this kind of work face-to-face and in person? And now you've had to shift maybe yourself into a virtual online kind of interaction? Well, I had, I was certainly meeting with some students in person that were in my local area, 
Uh, but for many of my families that I work with, they are in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. And so I had already been doing a lot of work online before this crisis happened. So it was pretty easy for you to um, kind of shift. Yes, it was. It was. The thing, though, that was a bit different in terms of my shift was that I really focused more on the mental health support in a way, in a more intentional way than I had prior to the pandemic. And what I mean by that is throughout the spring, I had more ongoing meetings with students, more touch points, because because my students are spread out in terms of the uh, schools that they're attending, it meant that in some cases, uh, some of my students weren't having any contact with their school. Perhaps they were getting just a packet by email. And so I felt, you know, a deep responsibility to then make sure that I was that continuity for the student in terms of uh, setting up additional time to connect with them, to hold them accountable, and to check in on their mental health. Part of, you know, them, you know, just taking care of themselves is also having a routine and having some social interactions and really uh, taking that time to reflect, to be grateful, to be mindful. And those same practices that I had been using all along, uh, it was more intentional and more uh, related to just how to help students navigate this new experience where it's completely unscheduled. And oftentimes they felt like, they, uh, they, there was so much uncertainty about what's next for them. And so keeping them um, uplifted and encouraged. And also at the start of each meeting, we were doing a gratitude practice, which I've continued through the summer. And that's been very empowering for students. And so adding that mental health component to my work was the biggest shift, if you will. Now, do you find that um, this is probably for a lot of uh, students and their parents, the first time that they've had to really be this intentional and self-directed? And like you said, this lack of structure uh, that maybe they had taken for granted uh, over the years has now kind of been placed on them. do you have any tips for the parents to help the student become uh, just better at kind of managing their own time and having the self-discipline in order to do the work and to do the grind that they have to do in order to be successful when there is a lot of this kind of untetheredness going on? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, One thing that I would suggest is setting, establishing some routines Um, that's very important to, you know, learning how to be more independent and self-directed in terms of whatever they need to get done. Setting up routines is key. Another one is nurturing relationships that they have. And so really taking advantage of this time to 
be a better son, <laughs> to be, you know, a better brother. Uh, but taking care of those relationships that they have at home and also friend relationships, still making time for friends, whether it's through FaceTiming them or even doing some kind of Zoom party uh, with friends is a way to also, you know, learn some of the skills. But those are two key ways that I would uh, suggest. And it's about building resilience, you know, learning how to be resilient through a time like this. And much of what they're learning now are skills they're going to carry with them the rest of their life, not just only in college, but even beyond in terms of being resilient and adapting through this time. And so those are a couple of key ways that they can start to do that. Now, let's talk about your clients that are companies and organizations. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for them in order to be maybe more empathetic to some of their employees who are having to deal with a lot of um, their kids at home that maybe they hadn't been used to previously to especially to this degree and especially if the schools aren't opening up and it's more of an online experience and they're going to have to do this homeschooling how can the company be more supportive to those folks oh wow a uh, couple of ways is certainly going to be flexibility in terms of the scheduling and companies are going to have to realize that with students still having some part remote and some in-person classwork that parents, you know, are going to be taking on more responsibilities at home in that regard. And so being flexible and understanding, you know, what the demands are going to be on their time. And I have leave worked, um, from home for about the last, over the last 25 years now. And so I know that it's something that doesn't come as easy as some people may think it does. And certainly now with this pandemic, parents have realized that, wow, you know, to be able to focus on work and then also be able to handle interruptions and deal with your kids and questions that come up, that can be a challenge. And it can be hard to sometimes separate work from home and vice versa. And how do you support your employees with still be able, still being able to navigate that? And so companies are going to have to be more flexible in terms of how, you know, they even support um, the work life of their employees, provide them resources as well for being able to still be productive at home and uh, while having their children at home. That's certainly going to be a test in the summer and then through the fall uh, when students are returning back to their classwork. But Flexibility, understanding, providing resources for them to navigate um, that work-home balance are going to be important for companies to do going forward. Well, if there's a company out there that wants to get some creative ideas on how to serve their employees that are parents, or if there are parents out there that want to help their 
teenagers kind of take their uh, educational career to the next level, what is the best way to learn more about Dr. Pamela Ellis and her work? Is there a website? Absolutely, there's a website. Um, I can be found at compasseducationstrategies.com. My blog is called theeducationdoctor.com. And I have another site, which is compasscollegeadvisory.com. And so there are a number of ways that they can find me online. I also have a a Facebook group that has been uh, really reignited, if you will, um, through this pandemic, because we've been providing so much rich um, content and resources for parents to just get the help that they need. I've been doing uh, classes each week, live classes through Facebook, uh, just sharing with them really rich content to help them with, you know, how do I, you know, know which colleges to have on my kids list and what things we need to do in the way of, you know, helping them through this crisis. I created a tool called the College Bound Survival Toolkit, and it's for parents who have teens 8th through 12th grade to get just a number of resources bundled. It's a free resource And it has things like, you know, a FAFSA checklist, you know, so you know how to complete that. Because for families who are thinking about applying for financial aid, you know, they still have time to do that if their teen is enrolling in the fall. And for students in the class of 2021, their families will be filling out those forms in the fall. And so just tools like that, a roadmap to know what to do each month and how to support your kid, reading lists. So all of those things are within the toolkit and families can certainly get that toolkit if they go to the educationdoctor.com and that'll be a lot of resources for them right there. Good stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. I absolutely appreciate Appreciated it, Lee. Thank you for having me on. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Dayton Business Radio. Mm-hmm.